What happened on early signing day? What was the good? What was the bad? We break it all down here. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Lockdown Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis, and I do want to let you know that this episode of the Lockdown Ole Miss Podcast is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between the Ole Miss Rebels and the Texas Tech Red Rangers. You can see it down below on ESPN, 8 o'clock on December 28th, right here on Sling TV. Sling, the TV you love at the price you love. Try it today. Also, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell for notifications and participate in the conversation by commenting down below and upvoting the video itself. It was a mixed bag day of signing day. We have some elite high-end talent that is signed and ready to come to Ole Miss, and we are going to celebrate them. We don't need to overlook them by talking about the negatives that there are some. There's some stuff that we need to talk about, and we're going to talk about it in the second segment. But the first segment, we're going to talk about Sunterin Perkins, because that is the biggest LOI that we have gotten at Ole Miss since Tony Connors came in from the state of Mississippi. An elite, elite player that has a chance to come to, go down to the Under Armour All-American game, show out, and get the fifth star that he deserves. Lane Kiffin, in his press conference, described seeing Sunterine Perkins in the state championship game have a game that he just don't doesn't recall seeing that he has not seen a game like that um, almost in his career either on film or in person and that 300 yard gain multiple two point conversions multiple touchdowns the game ceiling interception all over the field on defense the guy even kicked field goals and extra points for him and kicked off. He was an elite player for Raleigh High School, and he will be an instant impact type player when he gets to Oxford. He's an unbelievable talent. And talking about that, my credential got approved yesterday to where I will be covering the Under Armour All-American game. And Aiden Williams and Sundareen Perkins down there, we're going to get an interview with them. We're going to record practice reps. We're going to do all of that stuff just to bring that to you. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that we are going to be the only Ole Miss outlet that is down there because Ole Miss is playing on the 28th and the Under Armour All-American game, full disclosure, about 35 minutes away from me. So I'm going to go down there, cover that, do what I can do, get what I can get, and hopefully provide you guys some really cool things. But Sunterine Perkins, an unbelievable athlete. And honestly, if him and Aiden weren't as good and as high-end as they are, I would not be covering the Under Armour All-American game. If it was just a middling, borderline four-star player that just happened to get in the game, I don't know if I would be there. But an elite player like this, I want to see exactly how he matches up against the best of the best. Because I've seen him in the state championship game be by far the best man on the field and essentially beat Knoxville County by himself. I've seen him in the Mississippi-Alabama game be all over the field and just absolutely dominant and the best player there. Now, he, how will he match up against five stars all over the field? That's the fun question. I, that's, the, that's the question I'm looking forward to getting an answer to and to see exactly how he fits in. Because at this point, I already know 
he's going to be a starter at Ole Miss. In my mind, I already know that he is going to be the starter. I want to know if he's going to be that dominant player that just lines up that affects what the other team's game plan because he has the potential to do that. And the Kobe Dean type potential, a Tony Connor type potential that affects the other team's game plan. And, and you can tell by my tone of voice how excited I am about this. I want to lay my own eyes on it. All the years that I spent at Rivals.com around high school players, I want to see where he stands out, how he matches up against what all I have seen and the players that are on the field right now. Now, another player that's in the Under Armour All-American game is Aiden Williams. And I have been trying to find a comp for him the whole time, you know, this whole time. And I don't think he's a Laquan Treadwell type guy because Laquan Treadwell, honestly, we, we can talk about all you want. We want to. He was really good at making a contested catch because, honestly, he had to. Separation was an issue for Laquan, if you think about it. As great as Laquan was, separation was that issue. Aiden doesn't seem to have those same separation issues in high school. Now, it could be that Laquan was playing up in Chicago and the players he was going against was against the player better than the players that Aiden was going against at Ridgeland. But we'll happen to find out. I will get to see him against five-star talent. I want to see if Aiden Williams can make the plays against five-star players because he has a chance to be a really special wideout and answer a question that Ole Miss has. Now, when we went into this season and we were talking about Ole Miss needs, what does Ole Miss need? And everybody said outside wide receivers, Aiden Williams, there you go. He's going to be an instant play guy. You're going to see him line up next year. I have no doubt about that. A really, really good player. He's already 6'3", 195. He's going to be 205 by the time he plays as a freshman because I honestly believe he's going to play as a freshman. I think the transfer portal is going to take care of the other side. And between Jordan Watkins and Jalen Robinson, they're going to figure out the slot receiver. Now, full disclosure, I'm recording this before Caden Lee announces. He may go to Ole Miss. He may not. I'm not 100% sure. But I'm going to record the third segment with Kara McCutcheon where we already have that answer. So we are, we're going to actually know what's going on. But that's how the wide receiver position sets out. And another need that Ole Miss absolutely had and everybody looked at was on the edge. And everybody's like, no, Steve, they're looking for a pass rusher. And it's like, I contraire. Because what you're looking for in this 3-2-6 is a player that can line up and be a potential pass rusher, do the Jake Springer stuff, also weighing 220, 225 pounds, and can muscularly line up and hold up against opposing teams. As remember, Ole Miss plays Georgia at Georgia next year. So they're going to come in a mash. Vandy is going to try to mash Ole Miss. Everybody is going to try to mash Ole Miss. Heck, I even think Mississippi State is probably going to try and mash Ole Miss next year because they're not going to do a full air road. They're going to do a hybrid. There's only one true air raid believer, and he's gone, unfortunately. But whoever they bring in is going to run the ball more, is my point. So the high-end players in this class need to be celebrated, and they do not need to get lost by the frustration that we're going to talk about in the next segment. And the next segment is going to talk about how the month of November basically caused this on early signing day. Everybody's going to say um, NIL. No, it was the month of November, and I will explain why right after 
this from Bet Online. All right. Bring up the copy real quick. BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends from every professional and amateur league out there from pro football, college bowl season, to basketball. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. If you can see down below, Texas Tech and Ole Miss. Ole Miss is currently a three-point favorite, and the over-under is set at 69.5 points. Tomorrow, we're going to start our breakdown of the Texas Tech Red Raiders and get into our game week type stuff. The game, December 28th at 8 o'clock Central on ESPN. That's the Texas Bowl. We'll see what's up. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. It's Bet Online where the game starts. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports today. Available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right, we talked about early signing day being a mixed bag, and it was mostly, honestly, self-inflicted wounds. I, I do honestly do not believe that the, without the way things shook out in November, I don't think a lot of that stuff would have happened. So in a lot of ways, it was a self-inflicted wound. And whenever you look at Lane Kiffin lashing out on Twitter, which he does from time to time, he did so with Neil Avery. He did so with Marcel Reed in a really similar manner as he did to John Sokoloff. And I think... It's because that was something that was detrimental and he did not know about. Everybody's going to talk about coach visits and everything like that. No, I don't, I don't buy it at all. You don't have a quarterback committed since April, and then all of a sudden it's not a loss. That's gaslighting. That's, that's made up. That's to make the fan base feel better about a lost player. And it would have worked if not for Neo Avery flipping at the last minute to Maryland. Now, it's a home state school. It makes sense for a kid from good counsel to go to the University of Maryland. That's a recruiting battle that the University of Maryland should have been all up in to start with. But Ole Miss got their foot in the door, slammed the door shut. Now, the question becomes on those flips, what caused the door to creak open? What left the crack in the door? And that's the description I say. Like when you're dealing with A&M, once they get in, they can NIL you. They can beat just about anybody with an NIL deal if that they want to come to their school. So Marcel Reed probably did get a bag of cash. But the problem is, for three months with Marcel Reed, his dad was in my spaces. He was all over my site. He was doing everything. And then after the Alabama game, they visited. He was in my spaces Tuesday night. Then it became real. And all of this stuff happened with Auburn. And all of a sudden, they went quiet ghostly quiet. And I think at that point, a breakup happened. One way or another, a breakup happened. Neil Avery, probably the same thing. They was locked down, ready to go, good to go. All of this happened. All of a sudden, the crack in the door opens. Maryland starts telling him, well, he is not going to be in here. My point is, we can take a positive message from the signing day because we still signed a good class. But we also learned a valuable lesson that all of this stuff like the 
every year looking at other jobs as potential movement opportunities is detrimental to recruiting. We have not hit the ceiling at Ole Miss because the ceiling can't be hit while you're playing that game. So my point is, if we want to be as good as we can be, we're going to need to start putting out that message that you're here for a while. We don't need to play this game. And I realize you don't talk about stuff because you want that buzz and everything happening in the background and everybody talking and mentioning your name. But that is working in an, as a negative in this age of recruiting and NIL to where they can constantly just get in the ear of a recruit and basically tell him he's not going to be around. And that is the reputation that is growing with Lane Kiffin. And we have to nip this in the bud. And I'm not talking about getting rid of Lane Kiffin. I'm just talking about Lane Kiffin settling down. He needs a two or three year run of just nothing going on. He's got a reputation that is preceding him in all of these battles. So for Ole Miss to get where Ole Miss needs to get, we can have all the NIL money we want to in the war chest. We have that weakness right now. We have excellent facilities. We're going to have a new practice facility in the fall. We have multiple locker rooms in the stadium, decent-looking stadium. But that is a weakness that everybody is exploiting. And much like Ole Miss in the 3-2-6, everybody running the ball off tackle because they determined a weakness in our defense and stopping it, other coaches are going to use this until it doesn't work. Now, I'm not mad at all. I'm not even frustrated. But I think people need to understand what's going on. And you're going to have people over the signing day that is going to excuse away absolutely everything and take Lane Kiffin as word as like, oh, Marcel Reed's not really a loss. Okay, we, yeah, okay. Um, and, and they're going to take him exactly as a work. Those people are wrong. But also the people that look at exactly what happened and say this, this signing day was an unmitigated disaster, they're wrong too. You need to be able to objectively look at what has happened and why it's happened. It's not that people don't want to come to Ole Miss or it's hard to get people to come to Ole Miss. People just got talked out of coming because of an event. That's what happened. The event horizon, all of that two-week period of noise just affected some people. And as a result, 20% of Ole Miss's committed class for on signing day flipped. Now, honestly, we're looking at players that were 7th, 8th, 10th in the recruiting class. So none of the top six wavered at all the players that we'd be most excited about, that players players with the highest upside did not waver. And I'm thankful for that, that. But it's like that old saying when it comes to football, number one rule of football, when your enemy is not doing enough to win, if they are hurting themselves, if they are struggling, do not help them. When Ole Miss is winning, put your foot on the throat and slam the door. Public perception is everything. And I think this is just a lesson that they can learn. Now, they might not learn it, but this is the consequence of living that lifestyle. This is the signing day that we can expect going forward. Now, I think in the transfer portal, it'll be fine because you have a different recruiting pitch 
to players in the transfer portal. But in high school recruiting, you recruit these guys for three years. The relationships are made. And whenever a rug like that, and they're so sure about something, almost gets pulled out from under them, all of a sudden they take a step back and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, maybe I don't need to do that because that almost happened. And if it didn't happen this year, it might happen next year. So I'm going to look over here where this guy has been there 17 years or something like that. So that is my point on that. Like I said, I'm not mad. I'm just saying this is a basically a teaching point. This is a lesson that Ole Miss needs to learn, and specifically Lane Kiffin, because they need to figure out a different way to handle coaches' search in the, in the future. If you're not interested, if you're not a candidate for it, you probably need to get out in front of it moving forward, or it's going to affect you in recruiting. And if you want to get out of Ole Miss, the odds of getting to a greater job than Ole Miss in the future, it's gotten smaller and smaller with the amount of money you're getting. And you probably don't need that reputation attached to yourself because it's going to be harder to win if you don't get those higher level guys. So you probably need to think of a different way to handle coaches' searches. That's just my opinion on that. Anyway, when we come back, we will have Kara McCutcheon talking about the day that was. Stick around. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications and like the video and comment in the comment section down below. I'm here with Kara McCutcheon. We are going to talk signing day. It's a little bit dark where she is, but we'll we'll make it work. Um <laughs> We'll see what's going on. She's having to use her phone instead of the laptop this time. How you doing, Kara? Doing good, doing good. Uh, getting ready for the holidays, working too. So, and then trying to keep up with the signing day craziness today. So, what a what a whirlwind. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a whirlwind because it, essentially nine out of the twelve signees. It was done by like 8.45 this morning. It was over. It was done and dusted. And then it was just waiting for everybody. And like Sunterine Perkins was one of them. And it finally came in. And then later in the day, A.J. Browns came in. And just a few minutes ago, Caden Lee inked with the Ole Miss Rebels. So that got us to 12 for the day. It was a weird day. But I think the fact that the class is so small, people need to get used to that again. And... The timing of it so early, no late drama going later in the day. I think that affects how people perceive it. What do you think, Kara? So I'll be honest. At first, I felt taken aback, and then I once I kind of sat and thought about it for a while, and kind of like removed myself from social media, and I kind of just was thinking about it, and I was like, you know, um, and I watched Lane's press conference, and I just kind of thought about what he was saying, and it's you know it's really hard to go and pick up a quarterback that's going to fit your scheme right after someone who's committed to you for so long just bounces like two weeks before, excuse me, <clears throat> like a week before a signing, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's not like we were really going to replace Marcel in this kind of time frame. And, and I think a lot of people think you will just know it's happening. And I think it happened so quickly. I really don't think we were prepared um, for him to jump. Uh, you know, I think I, I, when he was award that Charlie was still there and he was with him and he did at least two to three home and before he took his visits to Auburn and uh and so I think like trying to find like a guy to plug in there as a quarterback like you can't you're not going to just jump on and do it you know just to make him for signing day early anyway so like really when I kind of thought about everything and 
one of the things I remember Lane talking about is he wanted to take about 12 to 15 guys. So, um, you know, while we didn't get that, and Neo was kind of a hit, um, uh, Neo was a hit to us. I think Miller was kind of obvious that he was going to go. He was a Thornton guy. Um, I think that was going to happen either way. Uh, I think in the long run, once the portal kind of sets in and the rest of like the recruiting, those who didn't sign uh, kind of levels out, I think it won't be as severe right now. Yeah, like I said, this can all be done. I I, I think in a tweet I did um, earlier that it said, this could be a good lesson for Lane in a win because this is a good recruiting class, the early thing. But there was three defections. 20% of the committed class actually flipped. And determining why that happened and the fact that people are now weaponizing basically what happened in New Orleans, in, in um, November against Ole Miss, I, th- I think that they need to learn from this so it doesn't happen next year because they're going to go all in with Walker White. Walker White might commit to Ole Miss sometime in the next couple of months. You're going to have a similar situation to where a quarterback is in your system for a long period of time. Now, do you wait until the week before signing day to take the official visit with Walker White? Because Marcel Reed took his official visit way back in, I think, September or something like that. Now, to avoid what lessons can be learned is my question. So I think there is a part of that, too. Like, I think there's that level, like, just because you have these commits, and maybe what happened with Neil Avery is, like, because we didn't really see a lot of, like, Chris – like involved this like last recruiting or like you saw a lot of like um chris was really heavy on social media and this time we really didn't see it so like it was kind of crazy to me that nobody knew really really wasn't out there this kid might flip and it was like kind of like it happened and all of a sudden even on the message boards it was like oh he flipped like nobody was even talking about it for then so i think they got like the lesson there is just because you have it you still need to continue to recruit like these kids as you have them. And I think we did a lot of that with Sundary. And I think we did a lot of that with Aiden. Um, I don't think we did a lot of that with Neil and maybe Marcel. Yeah. People need to realize, like whenever I say there's lessons that need to be learned, when you look at Ole Miss's recruiting class, like the top six players, they got locked down. They got the official visits, the home visits, the whole thing, full court press. Those weren't going anywhere. It's when you got down to the bottom of the commit list that it got a little bit shaky. And that's maybe the attention wasn't what they wanted. Maybe anything happened. So the door gets cracked open. Those people come in. Texas A&M throws a bag at Marcel, potentially. Maryland's got Under Armour money. They probably put a bag at Neil Avery because it costs more. Recruits can make more money from flipping than committing. That's that's the dirty little secret mm-hmm. recruiting. It's a bargain. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because schools get desperate and everything's going on, and they're going to just – they're going to pay. So what might have originally been a $100,000 offer now is probably a $600,000 offer. And it's just the price of flipping, right? Right. And I think also, though, some of the things I, I want to point out on a more positive note, you know, like it's upsetting right now and it's kind of frustrating to see it. But I want to, one of the things I really want to point out on some of the more positive things is if you look at the, the recruit process going on right now, right? Like we're seeing, um, you know, Cormani McLean, like that was at Miami um, all this time, all of a sudden, you know, he's Bama and maybe Colorado and didn't end up even showing up to commit today for Miami. They had a cake for him, right? Um, 
you know, we're seeing some of these things where these kids are like doing these and like these last minute situations are happening. So I think one thing that I can say for Lane, that if you look at the guys that we had commit with us, for the most part, like they were really only between us and another school. So they weren't shopping around for bags, for the most part here in the art. And the sedentary, like he was between us and Bama. Uh, Aiden was kind of between us and then took a late visit with LSU. Um, you know, I think uh, Jamarius Brown was also between us and Alabama at first. It's so, like some of these guys we have in our class, like they weren't shopping for money. They they yeah. were really kind of in between. And uh, even Rosano like, was between us and Michigan State once he decommitted. So, like you know, if you look at some of these other schools like Oregon and stuff, like these guys were out shopping. It almost took like who gave the biggest bag when it came to the last minute. And I think we saw from AM, it doesn't work. That model doesn't work. And so I, I do commend Lane on the guys he got. It seemed that they made their decision based on what they wanted and development and other things and not so much on NIL, even though knowing they're probably going to get NIL money. Yeah, and, and the problem is, and what everybody needs to realize, is this NIL situation, what's going on on early signing day today, it's going to get worse. It's going to keep getting more and more and more. Um, and there's honestly nothing that anybody can do to stop it. It's like Jeff Trailer came out and said, people are recruiting the players on my roster trying to poach them. We need to do something about it. Well, that's not going to start because those Power 5 schools are getting their roster poached just like everybody else. I mean, this is a new world. And like I tell people all the time, if anybody says this is the way this always happens in college football, this is the way it's always been done, immediately run the other direction because in the last five years, college football and college sports has completely changed. I think it's very different, especially today. I mean, like the way Oregon turned out, like none of that was there. That Nike money came through, and, and that's exciting for them. But I think we saw the same platform kind of with, with A&M last year. We just say, like I said, that model doesn't fit. So I think when you look at where we're at, you can have quantity, but look at the quality of the guys. And Bryson Sanders, that kind of loyalty is very rare now. And that, that kid didn't even really take another look at anyone else. So I think while it's small and it, it's an – it's uncharted territory and it, it feels like it should be weird or worrisome. I also feel a little like gratitude towards Lane that he kind of put in some guys that kind of seem like they want to be at Ole Miss. They have some cultural tie. Like, um, and we're not just pulling in guys because they look fancy and pretty and uh, they look good on paper. Um, I think like it's okay like for people to feel a little upset. Like it's different. Um, but I would also like the even for myself, like in my own like kind of way I looked at it is kind of wait and see what happens in the portal, see what kind of goes through. This is just the first beginning of it. It's not really like the end all be all. So Lane does a pretty good job in the portal. He does a really good job at like looking at the scheme and what he needs and what's gonna fit. So um and I and, and another thing Lane doesn't like is public like scrutiny. Um, and he's getting a lot of that. So mm -hmm. a chip on lane holder and petty lane is my favorite lane. So I feel like he's really going to start hitting the port portal hard and um, trying to get some of these guys that others are probably like looking at. So he should honestly. He's making nine million dollars a year. Scrutiny comes with that. So we're going to look at these situations a lot higher. Now there's going to be a lot of people that criticize like. 
somebody says, why are you're always so negative? You got to be so negative. And it's like, no, you, you can be negative about what happened today. Everything can't all be about free beer tomorrow. Like this wish of something unknown that could come on and save the day. You do need results tangibly, especially when it's $9 million a year coach. Absolutely. Like, I think there's mm-hmm. pros and cons. I think noticing both of those pros and cons, like, in both sides of it is, like, completely normal. I don't think that makes someone a sunshine bumper, and I don't think that makes someone consistently negative. I think mm-hmm. you're a normal human being. So, um, but I think, yeah, I think today you can definitely take the negatives, right? You can definitely take some of the positives, and, like, mm-hmm. you can hope that that's going to, like, as we move forward, going to kind of change, and uh, we're going to rectify and, like, see a better portal class and some of these other guys up there, so... All right. Um, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports today. It's available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much, Kara, for stopping by. We'll meet up again next week and or potentially and talk about the Texas Bowl, maybe pregame, because you're going to the game, right? Yes, I will be at the game. All right, should be good. Uh, Texas Tech's wearing red, so I guess that means Ole Miss is either wearing powder or navy. So we'll see exactly how that goes. All right, anyway, All right, take well, care, care. Everyone has a hottie toddy. Hottie toddy.